Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Thrive Podcast. We are the Young Adult Ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Wednesdays at 730 in our Family Life Center. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to post it to your Instagram story and tag us at NBC Thrive on Instagram. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. All right, so as I introduced earlier, I think Nick actually used my nickname, Maya. I'm Jeremiah Sanders. If you didn't know that, I'm not a girl. I'm a boy. I'm up here. I'm a man. I'm a male. Uh, so I'm here tonight, and I am, we are back in our series, Running to Win. And this is a study on Philippians. And now, when I think of the idea of running to win, of course, I'm a Mogador guy. So I think of football when I think of running to win. And I, you know, with Mogador, I had, we had just enough people to field a football team uh, there was, with the five of us there. I guess there's 11 out there. Okay, anyways. So, <clears throat> so my senior year, we were like, okay. We were in the state playoffs, the state semifinals to be exact. Um, we're up by a touchdown. And I believe it was like 21 to 14, 20, 21 or something. And we get the ball to start the third quarter. And it's pouring down rain. We're all super sore from the first half because when you run the ball a lot like our team did, you're going to be sore. Your legs are sore. Your arms are sore. Everything's sore. And uh, so we know to get, we have to get down this field to win the game, right? We have to get down there. And this drive is going to just kind of set the tone for the rest of the half. Um, and despite all these elements against us, our soreness, the rain, and the nervousness of a playoff game, because you're going to be nervous in a playoff game, right? We start to drive down the field, and we're doing what we need to do. You know, three-yard pass here, five-yard pass here, running the ball again. Um, and we finally get to the red zone. For those of you who don't know football, that's like really close to the ed- end zone, you know, the red zone. Okay. Anyways, so if you guys don't know, there's a guy that comes and speaks here every now and again and uh, has been around. His name's Lou Kramer. We went to Mogador together. He was one of my five other buddies that were there on the football team. Um, and he was one of our running backs. And we had this phrase that we would say jokingly around football. And you guys are going to think we're so dumb when I say this phrase. But it got us fired up. So anyways, he comes in. He's, he's giving us the play and everything. And he goes, how do you eat an elephant? We all reply, one bite at a time. You know, we're going down. We, we got fired up. We're going down the field. We score a touchdown. Great, right? And I know a lot of you here are thinking, oh, great. Jeremiah's going to be here talking about his Division 7000 football team with his five people. <laughs> that is not the case here, I assure you. The point here being that, the drive, that on that drive, we weren't just running and blocking and passing and all that stuff just to get by. We were doing it to win. Despite everything going on in the situation, we were succeeding in this battle, this fight on the football field. And this is similar how it should be in our walk in Christ. Not just getting through the day, through the week, through the year, but winning the day, winning the week, and winning the year. Um, And we know that each day will bring struggles or setbacks, which definitely happened in this playoff game. Um, But the difference here between football and your relationship with Christ is you have Christ to run to when you're struggling in your life and not just your brothers on the football field. Um, and this, the person who wrote the book of Philippians was Paul. And Paul definitely knew the struggle of how hard each day could be. This guy was in prison multiple times. He's just in jail all the time. Jail, jail, jail. Um, but the passage we're going to read today, he was actually under house arrest while he's writing it. Could you imagine? Hey, I'm like under house arrest, but 
I'm going to still care enough to write to these people and encourage them and share the gospel. That was Paul. Paul ran to win, ladies and gentlemen. He was not running to lose or just to get by. He ran to win. And, you know, our last series was how to cope and, like, kind of just, like, get through life and all those things. And that, it was great because sometimes life is hard, but now we're talking about how to win, how to run life well with Jesus. Um, so let's get into what Paul wrote in our passage today. So the passage is uh, Philippians 1, 19 through 30. And this evening, it's, it's a little bit of a bigger portion of text, so I'm going to break it into two parts. The first part I'm going to examine is verses 19 through 26. So I believe it's on the screen. Yeah, we're good. Uh, so verse 19, For I know that through your prayers and with the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death, for me to live is, to, is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor, labor for me, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glorify in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So an observation here from these first, uh, this first part of the text is that Paul is finding joy amidst his struggle. Under this, uh, this house arrest, he's still finding joy. He's able to encourage these people. So um, he's having a whole hard time with this house arrest thing. You know, his, his rights are away. He's, he's, he's not locked up, but he's locked up. He's under house arrest. Um, so he doesn't know when the verdict's going to come. But he knows that it's going to work out no matter what the verdict is because uh, Jesus, Jesus is with him. And he goes on to say, and this is um, that he's going to be honored if he lives or dies. Now, in verse 21, this is the verse that everyone's going to be like, all right, I'm getting this tattoo to my bicep tomorrow. Like, we're, we're all going to the tattoo parlor. We're getting it. Just kidding. Don't. I'm not, I'm not encouraging tattoos or anything. Like, sorry, Mike. Don't come and find me. Uh, anyways. So this verse is to live as Christ and to die as gain. Like, let's go. Like, that's, just, that's hype right there. Let's, let's go get a tattoo. Okay, <laughs> I'm done with the tattoos. What, anyways, um, and then he, he's still on the same train of thought here with verses 23 through 24. So Paul knows that if he's breathing and above ground, God's going to be glorified through, through him. He's going to advance the good news and the gospel. And he also knows that if he goes to be, Jesus, to be with Jesus, he's not going to have to struggle anymore. He's going to be, everything's going to be perfect. He's not going to have to be ailed with being in any type of imprisonment, anything like that. Um, and his desire is to go be with God because he's like, I'm not going to have to deal with this crap with, with everything that's going on anymore. But in verse 25 here, we kind of see a change in how Paul is talking about a situation. He doesn't get a sense that he's going to be put to death or anything. Um, and I don't know if, like, he knew because if there was a supernatural event that happened, if there was, like, an angel that came down or something and told him he's going to be okay, or, or it was just someone told him he's going to be released soon. But we see that he says he knows he's going to be around for the Philippian church's progress and joy. So basically, basically, Paul knows that God still needs to use him to bring others to himself. So Paul is still going to be used on earth, and he's finding joy in his mission amidst all this struggle and this hardship in his life. Um, an application from this section 
So like, like Paul, we should always be joyful in Christ despite our own circumstances in our life. Because life is hard, right? Life is hard. And we can still find joy amidst any circumstance in our life because if you have Jesus in your life. Um, so I wanted to share a verse in James. It's actually James 1, 2, uh, chapter 1, 2 through 4. It says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness in its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So any person that considers himself a follower of Christ is going to know that trials are going to come in life, right? It's going to happen. But we also know that Jesus already has been through this life and conquered it all. So we should be able to find joy in those, those hard seasons of life, those hard times, because we have Jesus, and we know that we can get through the battle. And if you're a Christian, there's going to be times in your life where you're walking through something, and you're over here, and you're like, this is really hard right now. And then you mature, and you get through it with Jesus, with his help. And you get over here, and you're going in this situation, and you look back, and you're like, that was hard for me. That was really, that was, that was it right there. That was hard, and I'm dealing with this right now. And that's like the amazing thing of, of, you know, sanctification, that big churchy word of uh, becoming more like Jesus and being, being set apart and made holy like him. Because there's things that in our past that are like, hey, this is hard. This would be super tough if I, it was two years ago in my faith, in my faith journey. But now I'm here and I see the growth that God has uh, given me and I'm, I'm really encouraged by that. And you should be encouraged with that as well when you see that in your own life. So, application. We should be able to always be joyful in Christ despite all our circumstances. Um, So now I'm going to go on to this second part here. And this is verses 27 through 30. Um, It goes, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that is from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not also believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Engage in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now here that I still have. So an observation here is, so Paul is just kind of writing and explaining to the Philippians, this is how you need to live as Christians. And he uses this term here, like, of course, it'd be in the Greek, but he says, let the manner of your life be worthy. And in a commentary by, some of you might not even know who this is, but for the Bible nerds in the room, you're like, let's go. He's going to reference a commentary. Anyways, um, Charles C. Ryrie states that uh, this would have been a political term meaning to live as citizens. And the term, like, the Philippians would have known what this meant. And he actually goes on to say, like, what does this mean? Well, of course, you'd be asking, like, what does this mean for a Christian just to live as citizens? But he goes on to say um, that they should be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So Paul is saying that Christians should live as citizens of heaven. In order to do that, he goes on in the next verses to say to stand firm in one spirit, strive side by side for the faith of the gospel, and suffer for the gospel. And I... Maybe they'll all come up. I don't know. Um, and then verse 30, he's like, hey, like, you need to be suffering for the sake of the gospel, and I'm, I'm already here. Like, I, I'm suffering right now, and you should be suffering as I suffer. And, I mean, Paul's just straight savage. He's, he's going in right now. Um, an application for this, it's going to be 
Um, we should all live as citizens and put those three things in practice. So we have three S's tonight, and that's all these things. Stand, strive, and suffer. Stand, strive, and suffer. I'm a teacher. I like to repeat things, and I know it takes a couple of times for people to get things. All right. Um, so let's look at them like more in depth. So standing firm, so stand, stand firm in one spirit. When the word spirit is used here, it's meant to mean one soul or like one person. So the, the whole phrase is meant that we should stand in unity as like one person in the body of Christ. Um, and the church is not, not going to be able to stand unless we're united together on our mission to make God known. And in order also to be unified with one another, we need to be aligned in our personal relationship with Christ. And Mike's going to say it a hundred times. Can I borrow this for a second? We need to be under the book, and he's, he's used it a hundred times, under the book, right? So what he means by that is we need to be reading, we need to be in here, personally aligned, thank you, uh, hopefully you didn't break or anything, but uh, under that book, reading in it, and that's how we get aligned with our own personal relationship with God, in the book, in prayer, and we won't be able to be unified together unless we are aligned with him in our own personal relationship with him. Um, and next, it's strive. Strive side by side for the faith of the gospel. So I don't know if any of you guys, okay, I'm just going to do it. How many people have been on a mission trip in this room? So like 95% of the room, okay. Um, I'm not a mathematician, but I saw a lot of hands go up. Um, <clears throat> so have you ever noticed how like anything you do, it's like so hype? Like you're there and I'm like, I'm picking up trash and I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> I, I'm like roofing a house and I'm enjoying myself. I'm digging a ditch and I'm enjoying myself. And you're like, if I was doing this by myself, I would hate this. But I'm like with my buddies and we're serving and we're together and, and we're striving side by side together. Um, and and that's, that's how it is um, on, when you're on this mission trip. Um, because you're together, you're, you're serving together, you're working together and you're united on your mission. And that's why it's so hype. I mean, you're with your buddies, but also you're united in the spirit. That whole week or however long you're on the mission trip, you're in the word most days, you're praying most days, and you're, you're just around Christ-like things all the time, and you're striving by, side by side with each other on mission. So that's why everything's so hype, picking up trash for Jesus. Let's go. Let, let's go right now. Pick up all the trash in the church. Just kidding. Um, <clears throat> so... Uh, now, within the, the church, like, not on a mission trip, like, we need to be with each other, striving side by side when we're in a struggle or in a hard time, right? So that's something else that's hard. Like, yeah, we can be in the good times together, but when, are the, when the times get tough, are you there, like, calling them, going out and getting coffee with them when, when they're in a hard place, in a hard rock, because um, between a rock and a hard place? Because I know that those things are so encouraging when you're in that hard spot. When someone just comes next to you, goes out, and like, hey, can we get a cup of coffee sometime or go out to eat? And let's, let's strive side by side together for the faith of the gospel. <clears throat> um, so th this whole unity thing, you can see a kind of theme. It's huge here he goes through. And I don't know if anyone's ever talked to you guys about like spiritual gifts, but like spiritual gifts are a huge thing. And some of you in here might be like, well, I don't have the gift of like speaking or anything like that. Like, I can't get up there and talk, but every gift is important. We were joking about like picking up trash for Jesus, but there's literally people like 
that their gift is service. They're, they are the feel, they feel the most on fire for Jesus when I am serving others, when I'm doing the lights, when I'm doing sound, when I feel the most on fire, some people feel the most on fire for Jesus when the, that they're doing their service gift. And there, no gift is more important than any others. So um, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul uses this analogy of the body. Um, I'm not going to read the passage yet, so you might be confused. Like, how does a church and a body work together? So I'm going to use an example from my own life to kind of explain this. So I have really bad knees. If no one, like, if you don't, if you know me, you know I have bad knees. So one time I had knee surgery, right? So this, hurting this knee and having to get knee surgery messed up my whole thing because I had to lay, like, lay down for, like, two months. I couldn't lift. I got, like, a little bit of a belly going on, the whole thing. And my, my mental health was off because, you know, I lost football. I was depressed. I was like, okay, like, this is, I'm referencing football again. Dang. Like, um, but, yeah, so he goes and he uses this body metaphor to represent the church because, like, when I lose my knee, everything else is affected. My mental health, my physical health, is, everything's affected. So within the church, everyone's a part of the body and they have their own gift. But in the text specifically, it says, so this is verses 12 through 14, uh, just as a body, the one has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. For the body to work together, we must like all be using our gifts and abilities. So that person with the service gift, if that person's not using their gift the best ability, the church is gonna work right. If, if someone that is, has an evangelism gift isn't going out and preaching like they should, the church is gonna work right. So we all have different gifts in this room. We're all different spectrums, but you need to be using your gifts to uplift the body and then share out um, into the world. Use those gifts to glorify God within the body and outward. Um, so, and, and this is going to help to reach our goal of making Christ known in the world. Okay, so last S, suffer, suffer for his sake, and that's suffer for, for Jesus' sake. I don't know what this looks like for all of you, but I feel like in the United States, I don't feel like, I know, in the United States that we're not experiencing a ton of persecution yet, um, but some of you are like, I do. I posted a Bible verse on my Instagram, and someone like roasted me for it. It's, it's so hard. It's so difficult. I'm just persecuted so much. No, that's not, that's not persecution. It, it's not. Um, but uh, anyways, oh, I was just trying to find where I am. Um, so I would say suffering for Jesus today would look like for us in America is doing things that are uncomfortable to glorify God. So what I mean by that is, so you feel called or led to do something that might be uncomfortable. So sharing with a buddy or sharing with a friend and you're like, hey, like this about Jesus, like that is something that is like suffering, even though it's uncomfortability. So in the United States, like, of course, we're not experiencing that a lot, but um, yeah, just doing things that make us uncomfortable um, that God has led us to do. So, and we don't have to go through the suffering alone. So, and I mentioned this earlier with the whole unity thing. Reach out to your brothers and sisters in Christ um, when, the, when you're suffering and like when you know that this is gonna be an uncomfortable situation. Like, reach out to them and they're probably gonna be able to help you through it, give you advice. 
Um, and I want to reference 1 Corinthians 12 again. Paul like wrote this one too, and he's real big on the unity train. So all three of those things were about unity. Um, so verse 26, it says, if one part suffers, this is still the body analogy, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. When we are unified within the body of Christ, we suffer together for the advancement of the gospel. So I went beyond that, but that wasn't the whole uh, verse there. But um, what, I, what I was trying to get to here is that when, when people are suffering within the body of Christ, it's every person's responsibility to be with those people. We suffer, we bear one another's burdens together. When people rejoice, um, we're supposed to rejoice with them. So, and when, we, when they have successes, we're with them to succeed, or with, in their successes. So, Paul's overarching thing of our three S's, to stand, strive, and suffer. Stand, strive, and suffer, is to be unified within the body of Christ. So, if you don't take anything away from tonight, that's, that's one of the things for sure. But, um, so now I want to pick up off last week where Christian was with his challenges. Hopefully, those of you that were here are like, still praying about people that you can share the gospel with. Um, and it's like a God moment. Like he said, like smacking you in the face, I can share the gospel with this person. And I want to, to challenge you to continue to do that. But tonight I have some challenges for you. Um, if it comes up. So pray that God brings you joy each day despite what the world throws at you. Like I said, life is hard. And um, we need to pray that even though it might be a hard situation, we can still find joy um, in Jesus based on what he did for us on the cross. Uh, another point here. Pray for God to open up doors for you to be unified with your fellow believers instead of divided. So we need to be using our gifts to unify the body and bring the body together and be praying for that as well, that we can be unified as a body here. And lastly, I think I might have had another one. Oh, yeah, live as citizens of heaven. So again, what I mean by that, the, the standing striving, and suffer. Stand firm in one spirit. Be unified in the spirit. Strive with others for the sake of the gospel. You know, that whole, like, picking up trash for Jesus thing. And then, um, and then suffer for Jesus. Before I close, I want to read our series verse. You thought you were going to be able to sneak out of here without series verse. Not today. You're all going to have it memorized before the end of this series, I swear. All right. <clears throat> so here it is, Philippians 3.12. Not that I am already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me own. I hope today that uh, all of you can say that you, or that Jesus has made you his own. If you can, great. And I'm glad. And hopefully you can find joy in him today and you can be winning in life with him. And you're pressing on and all that. Um, but if not, why not, why not make today the, the first time that you reach out to him, and there's people here that would talk to you. Talk to the person that you came with, um, and just don't, don't leave before you talk to somebody about how you get to know Jesus if you don't know him already. All right, let's, let's close in prayer. All right, Lord, I just want to thank you for this day. Just thank you for everything you give us, Lord. Lord, I pray that there, if there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you, that they would come to know you tonight, and they wouldn't be able to sleep tonight if if they have that inkling in their heart. Lord, I also wanna uh, lift up the believers in this room. I would pray that uh, they would be able to use their gifts well within the church and uh, be unified in this body of Christ here, Lord. 
Lord, I also pray that the people here would be able to find joy amidst trials and struggles in their life like Paul did, Lord. Lord, thank you for each and every day you give us. In your son's holy name, amen.